0: Hey, this is Adam Green, the director of Hatchet, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com.
1: Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. That would make me terrible, Troy. I'm
2: Trista.
1: And we're joined by the gang here of Straight Edge Kegger. We have writer and director Jason Zink here. How goes it, everybody? Very good. We also have Brad Corey Kays. Hello. And James Julio Alexander.
3: Buongiorno.
1: This has been in the works for a while. I'm glad we got it all worked out. Yeah. uh, First of all, it's on Shutter now, so uh, people can can easily uh, watch it. Uh, And if people aren't uh, aware of what Straight Edge Kegger is, and it's a peculiar name, could you give them an idea of what it is about? Yeah,
0: it's a punk rock horror movie that's like a home invasion at a punk house show about a gang of militant straight edgers and... One of their, their ranks, he breaks from the, the gang, and he, nice, uh, one of the gang members, he leaves, which is Brad, and they know how to react only with violence, so they show up to bust up this house party, but when somebody dies, then they kind of have to dig in their boot heels and fight it out to the death.
1: Is there anyone involved in Straight Edge?
0: Uh, no, not really. <laughs> there's there's people that are close. Um, the character of brad so i mean technically he's involved so uh one of my buddies was kind of an executive producer like he contributed um an amount to the kickstarter campaign and the character is actually named after him and he's like my one diehard straight edge friend (laughs) so that's probably the closest everybody else is yeah on the fringes
1: of it well that's interesting though how does he feel about the movie is he like this is what you think of me (laughs) <laughs> no he i mean luckily he's the type where like well he
0: knows me and he knows that i'm obsessed with horror movies more than anything so like he understood pretty early on that this was going to be a horror movie not a documentary right and so, you know it's, oh, it's it meant not a documentary be,
1: i thought it was yeah
0: it's meant to be fictional
1: you know so um Corey and uh julio did you know uh jason beforehand how did you get involved in the movie
4: No, uh, we started talking beforehand and, and, um, we, I, uh, actually, I used to play in a, in a punk band, so I was familiar with the punk hardcore world. And I saw, I saw this movie coming and, uh, got in touch with him and we kind of went back and forth discussing bands and stuff like that. And thankfully and gratefully got the opportunity to be in the movie.
3: Now, who I, I, oh my bad i i didn't know i didn't know jason at all um i actually just like kind of like just decided to um pursue acting at the time it was like april time i was like yeah i'm gonna go and do this i'm 22 you know i've done a lot of stuff and let's see what's next and then uh and then surely enough uh, i see this listing and i'm like oh, this is cool. And I remember seeing James. I remember, like, just writing down, like, I, w- I would audition for Brad, too, but this is the guy I actually really want to be, and this is who this reminds me of. And then, sure enough, I get the, the little message that says, hey, we want you to audition, and, uh, you know, here I am. We're here. So, and I got to meet, you know, Corey, and then now Jason and I just been basically been this, like, bet, uh, best buds ever since. Corey as well, so.
1: What was it about the character, James, that that, that was the one you wanted to play?
3: Mm, because, like, well, first he, in the description, it said, like, think Russell Crowe and Robert Stomper, right? Just that's what I believe it, it It said that. I had never seen Robert Stomper before. I'm like, I didn't even know that this thing even existed. So I YouTube it really quick, and I look at it, and I was like, oh, this reminds me of another character I completely love and I obsess about, and that's Negan from The Walking Dead. And I was like, "This is just like that. I want to play this role. I want to see what happens next." So that's basically what I put in my little cover letter for the audition, and and then, bada bing! So that that's what kind of drew me to the character more is just having that, you know.
1: Yeah. No, uh, when he auditioned for the role, uh, uh, James, what, did you think he was right for it? And did it cha- does this? Uh, how he, you know, he's saying like he saw Negan in it and some other characters. Does it? Did that change how you saw the character?
0: It, it definitely did. Um, I've told him this before. Uh, I kind of feel guilty about it now, but originally I didn't want to audition Julio, uh, because I wrongly at the time, I pictured just like a beefcake, like just this brick house kind of guy and I can cuss, right? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I pictured this really big dude and, Julio's a tough guy, but he's, he's not, you know, the stature is not what I pictured. And so, um, so I, I didn't even want to consider him just on first glance. And luckily my girlfriend, Shelby Barbie, who's also the producer on the movie, she said, I like this guy. I think you should at least meet with him and pretty quickly into the audition. I was like, okay, this, this is James, you know? So he wowed us. We did tell him to dial down or like, to personalize the Negan a bit because that, that first audition was a little Negan heavy,
1: but, but yeah, he convinced me pretty quick. He's walking around with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I don't
3: think it
0: was, I don't think he did that,
1: but. Yeah.
3: It was just that essence of them. Right, no, I think, I think I even, when I did the audition, I positioned the little, uh, the, I think I was on my iPad. I did the zoom. I put, pod- I positioned it to where it was like much lower than I was. So I was like leaning into the camera and stuff like that and I was like you did. <laughs> I mean I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know at all. Like I it was like maybe through two, three months when I had no training. I was like I don't know what this is, so I'm just gonna know these minds and be like, What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: yeah. did great. Corey mentioned uh the punk music. Now um the, the music in the movie or are those bands you know? Uh, so ugly bones, those
0: guys, they, they open the movie and then they also have the end credit song in there. Um, I've known them for years and I've shot some just kind of live music videos with them. And, um, and so like when we went to write this script and like make the movie, I was like, if I can't get them on board, then there's no point in doing this. Like, I just couldn't picture, I'm sure there's some other cool bands out there, but I knew I needed to have somebody like fully on board. Uh, and invested and and they they right away just resounding yes through the whole group because they're amazing amazing dudes um so those guys i know well personally and then the rest were like uh sometimes it was like a friend would know somebody in a band and sometimes it was just us reaching out and just saying like look we don't have a lot of money but here's what we're doing and here's like why we're doing it and we love your music like, a good example of that is the band Noose out of Chicago. Um, they don't exist anymore, sadly. And um, they, they actually at one point got kicked off the record label because they were kind of too, like, militant in the straight edge scene. And I just love, love their music. And so I reached out to them and they were so nice. Like, I hope this doesn't, people aren't blowing up their <laughs> spot now for this. But, but they were so nice. They just said, like, look, we're not a band anymore. So, like, whatever money you were going to give us, why don't you just give it to animal rights groups? And so, so yes, yeah, so we donated a little bit of money. I started walking dogs. We donated some dog food. Um, and I hope that one day we could turn a profit and I could do even more of that stuff. But it was very nice.
1: Yeah. And uh, uh, Corey, for you, how close is the character of Brad to you?
4: Uh, similarities, for sure. Um, kind of a quiet, uh, quiet dude in the movie. And same for me. Um, a lot of it, a lot of those see it was very nostalgic, like the house shows and whatnot. I was very familiar with those. And uh, so it was cool. Like getting to portray this was like going back in my life a little bit and I, and just recording it, you know? So it, it was pretty awesome to, to get to relive that time. Yeah. Well, yeah. on those lines that all the locations, they seem like they're
1: places that you're familiar with, which adds a lot of, I think re- realism to the movie. So, you know, all those places, Jason, I assume those are places you know of, you know, before you start making the movie?
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, with being such a low budget production, it was kind of like, right, what you have access to, right? what you know, so the punk house show, that's like really the second half of the movie. That's actually my house. So like, when you see the graffiti living room and all the punk flyers everywhere, that's my living room. That's my foyer. Like, um... I'm currently renting, but I've been here 12 years and my landlord's a little bit of a slumlord. And so he just kind of lets us do what we want. So I wrote a lot of the movie to the house. Um, the movie opens at the Subterranean in Chicago, which is one of my favorite venues of all time. And, and I wrote it to that place, not only because of the hardcore shows I've been to there, but also it's, a, it's got a second floor balcony that surrounds the mosh pit. And so I was like, oh, my God, like this is perfect for the cinematographers. They can go up there and light down and we're not going to have to shoot around light stands and and move them around the whole shoot. And it it made the whole thing possible. So, yeah, everything in the movie. There's no sets. It's all, you know, just and some of the places it was literally like the diner that we're in. It was just last minute. Hey, can we please come shoot and we'll throw you a tiny bit of money? (laughs) And yeah, so.
1: Were there any places that it was difficult to shoot in, you know, you, either they didn't want you to, or just, you know, technically it's hard to get cameras in. there.
0: Well, there was plenty that it was hard to get cameras in. Cause that's something that I hadn't really considered when we wrote to the house is like, I'm like, okay, I know exactly where, like what I want it to look like. I didn't really think where the lights had to go in order to get those shots. So shooting in like confined spaces, like a closet or a bathroom, those were, not fun, but but the main thing that pops to, to my mind is we filmed behind a uh, a bar restaurant in Lafayette, and we had permission to be there filming, but we didn't think about the fact that we were going to have to set up lights in the parking lot on the other side of the alleyway, and some drunk guy came home and started you know causing problems for us, and we actually had to we had to pay him off just to get him to like shut up and go inside because he was just threatening to call the cops. So that, that was probably the most stressful situation.
1: <laughs> Julio seems surprised by this. Were, were you not, were you not around at, the, at this point? Were you uh, around when this was happening?
3: I think I was, I just completely forgot about this. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot that happened. I mean, there was a time when we were shooting a scene and, uh, uh, this girl had to keep running out and saying, help and help. And then she runs out, starts screaming, and then sure enough, I was like, "That's kind of loud." Because while we're shooting the scene, I'm like, "That's kind of loud." I mean, somebody else kind of hears it, and then sure enough, I look up the street, and there's people standing on top of the hill because the house is on the hill. And then two minutes later, here come the police. I'm just like, "Oh, (laughs) well,
1: Well, we're here." That's good to know in a way. I think at least, uh,
3: yeah. I mean, somebody's responsive in the neighborhood. I guess I don't
1: know. Right. And uh, Mm who you um are? Are you into the punk scene at all? Did you, uh, are there any bands, you know, or anything?
3: Oh, that is a, that is a hard, uh, not, not really a hard. No, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I knew really anything. I I knew, I knew nothing about the punk scene when I, before I even got into the film. Um, I was not really straight edge, but I didn't drink or smoke or do anything. I don't even take painkillers to this day. Um, from like 18 to like, basically right before I like got, uh, started filming this. And, uh, I just remember that when I got the role, I just researched as much as I could. I just looked into the punk scenes, where it started, why it was there straight edge, all that stuff. And I actually created my little playlist of a bunch of like punk songs that just resonated with what I was feeling. And then, and then, yeah, that's, that's basically all the knowledge I kind of had. So kind of going off of what Corey said earlier, how it was like nostalgic to him, like my reactions in the, like, people like the mosh pit and the concerts I'm just like I don't know what's going on so this is pretty cool that I could just sit here and just be like hmm I really don't like any of this because not only does he not like it but I don't like it either I don't know why I'm here either so like that was kind of fun to, to have
1: uh, to experience you know yeah uh Trista do you have a question
2: I'm wondering if you're all horror fans and if you are what are some of your favorite films
0: Oh, am so I starting can you, off? you
2: can start. I here. guess I'll
0: start off. Yeah. I just, for me, it's like, I mean, most people know that I'm like horror obsessed. That I I have a horror, like, I have on my keychain, I have Wes Craven. On my wallet is Return of the Living Dead. Um, I'm just a nerd for this stuff. And for me, like, my favorites to watch, I mean, I love everything in the horror genre, but my favorites to watch are like the kind of cheesy, schlocky 80s stuff. So, like, Sleepaway Camp 2, uh, I love Troll 2, I love Night of the Demons, I love the stuff, like any sure. of that, I, I gobble it up for sure.
1: Good choices. <clears throat> How about yourself, Corey? Are you uh, a horror movie fan? If not, it's okay. We'll just kick you off the show. No. no.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I do like horror movies, um, kind of in the same realm as Jason. I was. He went to Sleepaway Camp 2. That's that's your first before you like that more than the original, huh?
0: Yeah, I got some friends that I argue with that <laughs>
4: all the time. But yeah,
0: I think number okay. two
4: is like so much fun. Gotcha. Well, no, I like I'll go like uh The Burning, They Live, movies like that. That that Roddy Piper eight minute fight and they live. I agree. <laughs> it's a good pick. Yeah. And uh Julio
3: uh yeah I like to watch horror movies I can't say i'm the biggest horror movie fan um I don't mind horror movies I love watching them if it's just kind of on like oh this looks interesting this is gonna be kind of put in i know there's like a horror thing but like i always disappoint people when i get that question I'm like i would just kind of hear just i took the job and then like it kind of threw me into this kind of horror kind of world and i didn't realize how number one how big it was and how it' like but people really loved that, and and just a little nudges here and there of like, "Hey, I love the way you did James." Hey, I, and just a little compliments of like, this is the reviews that we've gotten from Stray kegger has have been such a blessing because, like, again, not was never a huge horror fan, or yeah, never really watched. Did you look?
1: Did before. you look at the script as a horror movie, or what kind of genre did you think? Because I mean, you uh, it could be argued that it's not necessarily a horror movie.
3: Yeah, yeah. I just. I mean, there's there's genres to it. You know, there's there's the horror, there's, like, little bits of action. I mean, I, I kind of saw it more of just, like, for the story. I didn't really kind of put it in any kind of, like, bracket of, like, one genre well, – normally when I kind of approach things, if it has, like, oh, this is a rom-com, this is horror, or whatever the genre may be, I just approach it just kind of as just, like, the story, and I let anyone kind of – I let the viewers and everyone kind of, like, decide, like, what it – is if this is a horror, then it's a horror. Like I love Insidious, you know what I mean. And that and that thing wasn't even that movie wasn't even like super scary to me. It wasn't really horror. It was more suspense thriller to me. And then some people might look at it and be like, no, that's straight up horror. But I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm I'm a my guilty conscience is a, or guilty pleasure is a rom com.
1: So, fun. Fun. Do you have a favorite rom com?
3: <laughs> that no, that's a tough one. See that now there's there's where I could, I. I, I very much, I love uh, being basic and uh, love like Pretty Woman.
4: All right, all right.
3: Love me some Pretty Woman, but anything with like, you know, Richard Gere, Hugh Grant, like just was kind of rom-com. I mean, I, I love it all, but Pretty Woman blew me. I, I remember seeing it for the first time. It kind of blew me away. I was like, well, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Wait a minute now.
1: That works. It works. Uh, we're talking about if it's a horror movie. I mean, I I consider a horror movie, but I know uh, a lot of horror fans can be real sticklers for the genre. But was that – that's one thing I like about the festivals is you see movies that don't really fit in any genre or movies that can fit in multiple genres. But uh, but for you, Jason, was it ever hard to sell the movie? Like, where does it fit in?
0: Yeah, I, I was kind of inspired when I went to write it by uh, the the experience that Kevin Smith had making Red State And he talked a lot about how, like in his book, I'm obsessed with his book, uh, Shit Happens. And uh, he talks about how if he knew what was going to come next, then he knew the audience was going to know what came next. So he decided to try to throw all these, you know, curveballs uh, so that the audience couldn't get in front of it. And I know some of our stuff in the movie is probably predictable, but but that's a part of why the movie is not just strictly horror. You know, we easily could have gone the green room route where like basically they get to a location and then boom, it's horror the entire movie. I thought, especially with our limited budget, why don't we play with people a little bit and make it so they forget it's even supposed to be a horror movie? And that's actually, to me, some of the best compliments that I've gotten when I talk to people is when they're like, I was almost halfway through the movie and I forgot that it was a horror or a thriller or whatever you want to call it. And then boom, it hit me. Some people disagree. Some people say it comes on too fast when, when it hits the horror part, you know? Um, but yeah, so, so I see it as like a coming of age horror thriller.
1: Well, I think that works because um, it gives you time to get into the characters before anything starts to happen to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and we knew that was a big part of it too. Again, if you have no money and we, I mean, these people are amazing. Evie was amazing. Like I love my actors, but there nobody knew their names before this movie um, with the exception of maybe Corey, cause he had done some other stuff, but, but, you know, we, we didn't have like Bruce Willis isn't in the movie. So, so we had to like get people to buy into these characters and, and fall for them. And I think we did a pretty good job of that. Thanks to our actors.
4: Yeah.
1: So, Corey, you said, you know, this was kind of like going back in time for you, going back to some of these places. Uh, since then, did you start uh, going to to punk shows again?
4: Well, I would like to go to a lot more. Um, yeah, I think I went – I might have went to a, a Defeater show after, after we filmed that. I wish I could get to more and then uh, COVID happened. Otherwise, I probably would be at some punk shows. But, yeah, I would love to. I've got, like, Bucket, like, there's a band in Japan I really want to see in Japan and stuff, and so hopefully one day that happens. So I definitely have aspirations to go to more more punk and hardcore shows, for sure.
1: Now, were there any tracks you'd want to mention, uh, Julio, that was on your playlist that you made up?
3: I think I have – I think I still haven't saved in my Apple Music. That's a that's – a, that's a very good question. I think I uh, – I do well, – I I labeled it S-E-K, if you can see that. It says Mm S-E-K. Let's see. I've got uh, Straight Edge by Minor Threat. I've got Force of Change by Strife. This is like a bunch of random stuff. Actually, I think this might have been a playlist I just ripped off of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't remember these days.
1: Pandora, you just put in punk. I was like,
3: oh, this is pretty cool. This kind of (laughs) resonates. I like the way this sounds. And then... You know, uh, this, the song that I actually very much love that was actually in the movie, The Colt Song by uh, Shannon and the Clans. Shannon and the
0: Clans. Clans. So mm-hmm. It's just
3: like, I mean, I've, I I don't not like it. I actually love the music very much, you know. Um, I just...
1: You just was, weren't familiar with it beforehand.
3: Yeah, exactly. This movie kind of like just broadened my view and I was like, oh, this music's really good too. I mean, because I, I, mean, I love like Metallica and stuff like that and other hard stuff and like, heavy metal. I've loved that since I was a kid.
0: And, uh, yeah. So a big regret that I have with the movie. I talked to the actors beforehand. I said that I was going to make everybody a, a mix CD to get them like into the, the, the mood and, 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 you know, into my head space. And, uh, we just got busy and, and bogged down and it just didn't happen. I, I really wish I would have done that before we started production
1: yeah well it's not too late that's
0: true yeah i could just i could just make mixed cds it's people still have cd players <laughs> i made him i made a cd for somebody i was
1: mix tape, but i'm really old i was like
0: yeah no that. i would love to do that but nobody nobody has access i just made somebody i burned somebody a cd a couple of months ago and i handed it to him like hey you i think you'd like this band and they're like how do
1: I play this? <laughs> That's the thing. I When I bought my new computer just a couple years ago, and I was like, it has no drive. It has no uh, DVD drive. <laughs> I was like, how do you do anything? And my webmaster is like, how old are you? Like, nothing comes with that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is strange. I, I don't I don't get it. But uh, Tristan, do you have another question?
2: Yeah, there's questions for Jason, but I anyone can chime in if you guys also want to contribute and answer um jason you make scary things so i'm wondering if you have any fears or phobias that you feel comfortable sharing yourself
0: oh my gosh um i mean i have like the big ones like fear of failure letting my friends and family down which is probably a part of where some of the stuff at straight edge kegger comes from um And then I think, you know, I don't like to talk about this much. I don't like to admit this normally, but uh, I think water freaks me out more than just about anything because you're just so helpless to, I almost drowned when I was a teenager. And ever since then, I I don't go too far out into the water. (laughs) I'll go splash around and then run back up.
1: Hmm.
3: I could see you doing that too. You were like, okay, that's good. And you run back
1: (laughs) That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Corey, do you have an answer for, for Trista's question? Um, I've
4: wished that I had more fears when I first started. I well, when I first started um, acting, my first couple, I did more on the action side. And I was just whatever, whatever stunt, wherever I got to fall, no crash pads. We'll said. do it here. We'll run a mile straight in the desert. And, you know, get myself dehydrated, get (coughs) injured, stuff like that. So if I had more, I probably – I'm a lot smarter with that kind of stuff now. But, yeah, I just went into it no fear, which is not the smartest thing uh, as an actor in, in like, hazardous conditions to do. But, like, I was just, you know, whatever it takes to make it. And in, in indie films, there's not always the budget for all this stunt work and whatnot, so I just tackled it. Any injuries making a straight edge kegger? No, no, actually, no injuries making straight edge kegger. Yeah, which is the bloodiest one. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's saying
0: something. I we had one, we had one minor injury. I mean, it was so tiny, and it was it wasn't Corey, but Corey was involved in the scene. Uh, we had somebody get choked briefly with like a a rod for a towel. And when we just we just like grabbed the one off the wall like it wasn't a prop and we were just like, oh, it's not going to break. And the actor, uh, Travis Givens, who plays Manners, he was smart enough to be like, that's going to break. And I was like, no, it's not. Uh, And it broke instantly. And it like nicked his neck the tiniest little bit, almost like he was shaving and cut himself. So I felt really bad about that. But all worked out. Everybody lived.
3: But yeah. I would just say that the only, I guess, injury was just, um, not even injury. I mean, when Corey was hitting me on the side of the head with the the bottles, the yeah. sure glass bottles, um, I would say that that definitely did something to my left ear. Because <laughs> like it hit, I hit it so many times, and it it didn't hurt. It just with the the noise, and it's not your fault. I already have, like sensitive ears, so it was like hitting me. And I remember like a little nick. Didn't really care about that, but. What happened was like three months later, I had to film something to where it was like a short student thing. I was pretending to be a soldier and I'm lying on the side of like a doghouse or something, pretending I'm in cover. And then the director decides to take a, a little thing of like dynamite, I guess he said, half a stick, put it in a can, light it, and he put it on the other side of the doghouse. He's like, oh, you should be fine. It'll be okay." And then he throws smoke down. You know, and the smoke's blowing this way. And then the wind changes the direction. It blows the smoke right in my face. So it's like whatever mustard gas. Yes. I'm just like choking up. And then the dynamite goes off. And then like, does that completely destroy my left ear? So my left ear hasn't been the same between like those two super close like ear injuries. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is it. So let's go. Let's blame it on the
0: other film. It's definitely
3: a strange character. We didn't, we didn't have any issue with
1: that, but... I do like the it's half a stick of dynamite. Oh, there shouldn't be any problem. Don't yeah, worry. it's around I'm the corner. You're gonna hear it.
3: Bam! And I was like, oh, you got a whole oh.
1: dog house in between
3: you and it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that concussion. I was like, is no bueno, but hey, going to
1: be bad. Yeah, the smoke <laughs> will protect you. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope I hope that gets better. I don't know. I know.
3: It's been like three. And, years My ears so okay, but it'll it'll deal with it. <laughs>
1: And did you have, do you have any fears of maybe dynamite now? I don't know.
3: Oh, no, no, no. I just, I don't really have, well, oh yeah, of course. I mean, I don't, I don't mind spiders, but like, don't crawl on me. You know what I mean? Like I, where I chill on like a Saturday night, like boys and I will be at my buddy Brian's house and every, if there's like a spider on the wall, cause he lets them live. Uh, if it's like crawling down next to me and like what my spot is, I'll like go to the other side of the room. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm not afraid of it. Just don't crawl on me. I'm good. And like, I don't like to get like bitten or stung by things. I am
1: I don't know if that's an unnatural fear. I don't think most people like to be stung or bitten. I'm
3: like, I'm gonna pass.
1: Yeah, that's just good common sense. I think. I don't think that's a fear.
3: Oh, look at that! It made me feel bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't stick your hand on a stove, you know. (laughs) Corey bites. Corey's here. That's true, but at least he didn't come off. He didn't be like, "I'm not scared of nothing." Um, (laughs) But I love fear. uh so the, what was the festival run like did uh did you get to make it to many of the uh, actual festivals that showed it
0: yeah um we toured it pretty much all around the country i mean sadly we didn't get to make it to all of them um yeah. but like we went to portland south carolina west virginia arkansas I went to LA, like we were just all over the place. And I really wasn't, that in and of itself was a big learning experience, you know? Some of the fests that we we weren't sure what they would be like, they were amazing. And then some of the other ones that like, look really great on paper, you get there and you're like, oh man, why did I spend <laughs> the money on the flight or driving out here, whatever it is. So it was a really interesting experience. I mean, the the main thing for me every time was like, just getting to meet and greet with people and do the Q and As, like anytime we could do that to a decent crowd, like just people, you know, bodies in the seats. I mean, they were all decent, but um, anytime we could do that, I thought it was totally worth it. It was a lot of fun.
1: And did you expect it to play well with other audiences who might, you know, not be in the like the punk scene?
0: I had no idea. I mean, I hoped, I hoped so, but I really. Um, when I think back on like how I started planning this film, it's, it's really crazy that we finished, let alone made something that's worth watching for some people. Um, because it really just the snowball, just like, it just started building. Um, and I, if, if I were were to go back, I'd write things differently. I do, I do pre-production differently. I do everything differently other than how I casted it. Um, you know, I do a lot of things differently to try to um, make sure that everybody was happy. But that's the thing. You'll never make everybody happy. You never will. So um, the thing that was important to me that I was really nervous about is making sure that straight edgers didn't feel like we were mocking them. Because that that's really not the point. The idea was I want to make a horror movie that's based around punk. You know, neo Nazis have already been addressed on multiple occasions. So, what's something that's untapped? And I thought, oh, straight edge. Like, what if we make a movie where hardliners are even crazier? And like, there's the one, you know, gang leader who kills people and everybody else is stuck. Like, that's really where it came from. So, when I was on the festival circuit, I was like ready to have arguments with straight edgers and try to like sway them. And instead, I really didn't have that. I had some really cool intellectual conversations with straight edgers about it. Um, Cause they were conflicted too. Like I, I met one straight edger at genre blast who um, he probably won't care. I say his name. So Brandon Laskier, he's a producer and he said like, look, man, I wanted to hate your movie. And now I'm not sure what to think because I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I can't say that I agree with everything in the movie. And then we talked and he said that like, even my Q and a, he was like, Oh, I realized just from that Q and a, you weren't trying to say all straight edgers are, bad people or anything you know so i loved those conversations and those are the people i was really worried about making sure they didn't hate it
1: yeah um you bring that up um in my notes when i was watching the movie it's not exactly the same idea but i like the dialogue when they're on the couch and they're talking about this kind of the idea like uh can you still support a band or an artist if you don't agree with their politics or their beliefs and i think that's an interesting uh uh concept and an interesting debate Yes. I, I
0: hope that it gets people thinking and talking. If I could go back, I would probably write that scene a little differently. Um, We, we got a really good review from somebody, but uh, when I reached out to thank him, he said, you know, I was really conflicted because of that scene and maybe another one where he was saying, he's like, for a second, I couldn't tell if you were saying like that you hated this PC culture and like you were kind of going to the right, on on these subjects and i was like man that's not what i was thinking at all I, like that really wasn't it i just wanted them to have a discussion about like ideology i think that i think no matter what side you're on if you take a belief too far then it's damaging you know so that was the idea i'm glad i'm glad you didn't hate that scene
1: <laughs> no i actually like the scene uh, uh, Corey, did you have anything that stands out about uh going to the festivals
4: um, yeah, I was surprised. I I wasn't really expecting, like, um to win awards. And that was one thing I was, I mean, very, very cool to happen, kind of gave me a nudge, like, hey, did well, you're doing well. But that was one thing. I think filming that movie, if, if I were to, like, sit back and think, uh, which which type of movie? What kind of movie could be award worthy? Something like that. It, I would not have thought Straight Edge Kegger would go there, but it it sure did. Like afterwards, and I was definitely stoked with how how Jason put everything together, and uh, you know made me made me and Julio and us all like look. Like we did awesome scenes. <laughs> you guys did that.
1: <laughs> what did you think of the finished film, Julio, the first time you see it?
3: Finished? Like the finished yeah. one? Yeah. Oh, man. Like I, well, well first good... of all,
1: before you answer that, did you, did you see like little steps of the movie? Do you see like, you know, parts of it before it's completely together as a finished film?
3: Yes, Uh Jason showed us little clips of it here and there. And I think that he, sh- you showed us, I think like the first 20 minutes or something like that. Didn't you show us that Jason that I refused to watch. That sounds about I, right. I was yeah. like, I don't want to watch myself. No, I'm good. I don't want to <laughs> see myself do these things. Da, 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 da. But then after I watched it for the first time, um, which is crazy. Cause like when I was young, when I first started 22, I'm 26. Now I was like, this, the mindset is like so funny and different. But anyways, when I watched the first time, I laughed more so at myself. I was like, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. (laughs) And, and I'm just like laughing at almost every scene that just I'm in any, any kind of thing, time that I say something, I'm just like laughing at myself. I'm like this guy right here. He thinks he's something. And then just watching what everyone else did and like how cool it was to kind of see it from like the audience perspective, like the finished product. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I loved Sean and uh, well, yeah sean and coy's relationship and and well their characters you know relationship um and it was just kind of cool to see it. and it was cool to see everyone because i didn't get to see every scene shot so it was kind of cool like oh this is how the cop scene went this is how this scene went this is how that scene went when i was i believe in the scene where uh brad and and maybe are in like in the room and he's she's like oh i used to hang out with these people and he's like uh, they forgot what they said and i'm yelling i think bradley like super loud outside the door i was actually outside the door when i'm selling them. and i like got coffee in my hand so it was kind of cool to be like to watch that scene and like little do they know i'm right outside the door like yelling it with coffee in my hand just to keep myself up and it was just so cool to see that yeah yeah i thought it was great though like back to the kind of genre thing I think if anyone were to put this movie in like a box itself or really nitpick it I think you're just kind of death gripping a genre or a certain type of um, opinion that you may have on a genre that you might love very much and you might be death gripping it too much so again that kind of also defeats the purpose of what the kind of film the little message that we have to where it's like just be open and and just listen and see what they have to say. And if they, if you don't like it, well, you don't have to be, you know, beat your chest and stomp your feet and tell you that you disagree. You can just say, oh, well, that's just the way that they did it. And this is their interpretation. And I can just maybe walk away from this and just say, yeah, I didn't like it. I mean, I -hmm. I watched movies that I didn't care for after it was done, but I'm like, but the actors, I mean, they did it and it's going to be in somebody else's eyes. Good. So
1: you know yeah it's unfortunately <laughs> not how the internet works
3: uh, the internet can uh, you know take a long walk off a short
1: beer, uh, so uh obviously jason you're, you're a man who likes masks as we can see behind you so uh who did the masks for uh straight edge kegger and uh what are some of the ideas behind how they would look Uh, So the idea. So I bought
0: um, a series of masks off Etsy years ago for a different proof of concept trailer that I wanted to make. And that was the the pig mask and the dog mask that are paper mache. Um, So I bought those and I can't even remember what foreign country this woman was from who made them. But I just thought they all looked super creepy. And I I bought like six of them, different animals um and so i when we had to scrap that project for one reason or another and we were looking for masks for this one i was like okay we can recycle a couple of those that i think are cool but then the other thought was well we don't want everybody to just look like they've really like planned out their outfits you know like we want it to just be that these guys go to bust up a party so they kind of grab what's available to them so that's why one guy's just in a bandana and another guy is in, uh, I think it's my, yeah, it's my character who just has like the plain white mask. It's actually spray painted like tan. We just wanted it to be kind of a mixed bag so that it seemed like they just grabbed what was in the garage or the attic and came and busted up the party. So, So it really was, it was a little bit like, you know, like, cause some people got to pick their masks. I like with manners, for some reason, that pig mask, I just thought it looked perfect on his like body type and how he was going to dress. So that was a given um, same thing with James, with the handsome guy mask. Um, but then the other ones, I was kind of like grab a mask, whichever one you think fits you, you know, Joe Bachen who played Boomer. He's the one who has the bandana. And that was his idea. And I said like, okay, if that's what you want to bring, that's your mask, Ben. You're sticking with it though got to stick with it. Uh,
1: How about the short uh, straight edge kegger? Um, When you made that, was the idea like you eventually wanted to do the feature? Not really. I guess maybe somewhere like in the back
0: of my skull, you know, that idea was pecking at me, but really it was like when we did the proof of concept trailer, it was just, I had the idea and what always happens long story short, Sorry. What always happens is I come up with this idea and I think it's like ahead of the curve and usually it is, but by the time we get there, because we have no money, it takes us longer. By the time we get there, someone else has made it. So, or something similar. So like when we did our last movie, uh, night terrors, it's an old school horror anthology. It's beat up. Like we actually put it through a VCR and gave it tracking and stuff. And we called it the return to VHS Horror. we started shooting that before the movie VHS even came out. And before there was this resurgence, by the time we got the movie done, VHS was out. And so were a bunch of things that were throwbacks like that. So, so a straight edge kegger, the trailer, that was the thing. It's like, I had the idea and I said, what's the quickest way to stake our claim on that idea in case we ever want to turn it into a feature. And so that's why we did the proof of concept. And then, and then again, it just kind of snowballed. It just, we had like, even the crowdfunding campaign only happened because a friend of ours made one based on a board game and he was so successful that we thought, Oh, we'll just, we'll get tips and tricks from him. And maybe we can make this as our next feature. And it just kind of, it just, like I said, it snowballed. It grew. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to make the proof of concept just to stake our claim on the idea. That was it.
1: Uh, Trista, do you have another question?
2: Do you guys have any other upcoming projects you want to talk about?
0: You guys start first. Oh, wow.
4: Wow. Go ahead. I am going first. Um, I had some things pushed back. I was supposed to be, Actually going to Asia this last year, right when COVID hit, and so I was in full preparation to to go over there, and then it all kind of got pushed back. So I'm still waiting to get over there and do that. Um, I just came back. I was in Dominican Republic though, and talking about a, a, a project down there as well. So I can I can update you as as things get closer, but all kind of a waiting game as far as that.
3: I am finally going to be filming uh, something uh, by the end or first or second week, of August, I think. I don't even know the dates. Wow. It's called a uh, window with a view. It's another horror film. Um, I'll be filming that. Um, but fun fact, I, I actually in the last year I got really into dance, started studying uh, ballet and tap dancing and jazz and stuff like that. And I have a solo to do. Get to do it for a third time next next thursday uh in this show that my dance instructor has so like that's something i do as well so it's like when covid hit i was able to kind of enter this world completely because nothing was filming so it was great to kind of be like well i'm gonna go really do ballet because now i have to focus this. on that right yeah I'm like, i can just do this now and this is amazing i realized how much i loved it
0: yeah very cool uh, yeah, I'm currently working on a short film called Tapehead. It's just, um, it's a fun little mockument. We haven't even like announced this anywhere because uh, I just, I don't know. We've just tried to do it purely for enjoyment. Uh, it's like a mockumentary about VHS horror hunting with a couple buddies of mine. We've just shot it over a handful of weekends and we're in post right now. And then we have a next, we have a feature film that we want to make. You know, we've got the we've got the script, we've got the pitch deck treatment, all that stuff. And we're hoping fingers crossed that with the shutter deal, we can start pitching some producers soon and hopefully get the funding to make it. So we'll see. Fingers
1: crossed. Uh, speaking of that with shutter, how, how did that come about? What What's the process to get your movie on shutter? How long uh, did that well, take? So
0: uh, it all happened through our wonderful distributor, scream team releasing, um, shout out to screen team they they pulled that whole thing together um, they're working with um, they're working with a sales agent I've never met the guy so it's kind of like I'm kind of removed from the process but uh, but yeah they they made that happen but the the really cool thing like I don't want to go into the details of the deal but the cool thing is that like somebody there watched it and enjoyed the movie enough to have it go up there. So to me, that was like, that was the win because they, you know, they handpick, they curate that stuff well. And so I was like, okay, if we were able to get on there with this low to no budget flick with no big names and, you know, we shot it on a pair of cameras that like, that cost 500 bucks a piece. I mean, just everything about it was so like grassroots and DIY. So I was like, if, If we got that nod from Shudder, then it's like, it's a little, it's like Corey said about the awards. It's like a little nudge to keep going. Cause sometimes it is, it's hard to keep going. This stuff is not, not easy. So it's, it, we're pretty excited about it.
1: Uh, At the end of the movie, it says in loving memory of uh, Lou dog. Uh, Who is that? Lou dog was my
0: dog. And, uh, sadly
1: he, yeah. So thank you.
0: He, um, he got cancer near the end of his life and it was a, it was a rough, rough end for the raddest dog in the world. Yeah. And actually the, so he actually wasn't on set. Like he was for some of the reshoots, but we knew he, it was going to just be too hard with all the doors opening and closing. And he had a tendency to bark at, at people as they came in and stuff, sweetest dog in the world. But so for the 11 days that we filmed, he wasn't on set. And it was like, it was honestly probably the hardest thing for the girlfriend and myself is just not being around him during that time, so so yeah, when he passed, I was instantly like, all right, we got to change the end credits. we got a tribute to the dude, yeah,
1: oh, good old Lou dog,
0: good old yeah. Lou dog.
1: well, I'm sorry to hear about the dog.
0: It happens, I'm thank glad you so
1: much Why do you have his name in there though
0: yeah, for sure, and since then we've rest we rescued a pregnant stray cat, and so now we got two cats
1: <laughs> <Look at laughs> that,
0: yeah. <laughs> what's the name uh so we have Polly and dinky
1: Polly and dinky all right and, dinky.
0: and they they are not like their names they are both very large cats uh, <laughs> oh, no, that, spoiled <laughs> yeah that's perfect Then. yeah
4: yeah
1: i like it very good uh so, where can people follow everybody to see what they're up to
0: i can't tell who's going first because <laughs> i can only see one at a time <laughs> I, guess I'll, I guess i'll go uh <laughs> So um I'm an open book, so you can find Jason Zink on Facebook. We have a Weird on Top Pictures Instagram as well as Facebook. Uh, we have the website, WeirdOnTopPictures.com. And then there's also a straight edge kegger page on Facebook. That's probably the thing that gets updated the most like consistently about the movie stuff.
4: Very good. Corey, where can people follow you? Uh, I'm at real Corey K's across social media.
1: Very good. And Julio, um,
3: mine is at the Super Ninja Ninety Five. That's my Instagram. That's where you'll find everything there is to know about me.
1: Is Grand. there a backstory to the name SuperNinja? Uh, Super <sighs> Yes, yes,
3: there is. Yes, there is. So before <laughs> before I actually started, uh, I started pursuing acting. I was actually pursuing American Ninja Warrior. I was pursuing. Oh, nice. Julio and and uh, every time i would show up to training i would have they like a,
1: many talents belly no. ninja i mean actor Yeah, all. All right
3: <laughs> and then uh so i would always wear these superhero shirts whatever it was and that just kind of became my little shtick uh the super ninja 95 and and so that's why i was like yeah and then and then finally i was like well maybe i should just change it to my stage name julio alexander 95 and i did like the little what do you guys think because i had like <laughs> close to a thousand followers at the time and everyone was like no don't tell my friends and family and then other people who i'd never met before who were like no leave it to Superman. it's cool as hell. and then even now like post you know strange kegger we're like kind of back to the the festivals question like how awesome people have have been that's the been the coolest thing i only went to like i think one one film oh, really I was actually able to go to because I was either busy doing this or that or I just was like, I can't can't make the trip. Um, Just random people just saying how much they appreciate the film and then just following. And then like the people that I'm still friends with to this day that I I have a tendency to, every time somebody follows me, I follow them right back, Um, especially now. Maybe one day I won't be able to do that, but at least right now I can do it. And again, I get very like, uh, I get questions here or there. Like there's there's a girl who, uh is really big in horror and she's like oh you know you're one of my faves and i would love for you to like be the crow one day and stuff like that and i'm like oh yeah i never i had never thought about that like i get these ideas from people and i was like yeah i've never thought of like maybe considering putting it out there to be this role and something like that but yeah anyways the super ninja 95 that is the best way to reach <laughs> to me i would love for people to come and just say hey and, and just talk because i love chit-chatting with
1: people so. yeah uh, did you when when they all wanted the super ninja did you, did you ever think of changing the uh the acting name to super ninja
3: <laughs> i, I really did i thought about it i thought about it a lot but i'm not exactly sure how well that would go yeah. maybe maybe <laughs> one day i'll show up to like a red carpet and like a super ninja
1: outfit and like, <laughs> I
3: will like pull a weekend and be like huh,
1: mm-hmm. this is who i am yeah mm-hmm. i think it's a great idea but most people think it's a bad idea to listen listen to me but I, I agree. Okay. i, <laughs> I, I listen to I take two I like it. I like it then you jump in on like the spider crawl and just come across that yeah. like I was
3: trying thing. to like zoom into the Oscars like Shawn Michaels one day. i would <laughs> <up on> the- <laughs> <laughs> be tremendous. I didn't want to <laughs> learn anything, just I just want to <laughs> get to my seat that way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I approve of that too. You need the uh, um just the sexy boy music though for you.
3: <laughs> That's all I, yeah, I would just do that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, this has been very fun. it is very good to have you. And you can check out Straight Edge Kegger on shutter Um, if people don't have shutter how else can you? Is there another way to watch straight? Edge oh,
0: yeah, yeah. So, right now, we're on um Amazon Prime to rent, like not just. Not the free with Prime, but but they can rent on the Amazon video and then also Comcast VOD or they can buy the Blu-ray or the DVD from Scream Team releasing. And actually, we're going to be at the upcoming flashback weekend, uh, not this weekend, but next in Chicago. So if anybody's going to be there, swing by the table and say hi.
1: Very nice. Very yeah. good. All right. Well, I, I don't know what you guys were in from Chicago. This, I just had this on because it was straight edge, but it also... Has the, uh, the oh, yeah, yeah, Big bet. Looks like a
3: stand Punk
4: All right. Well, we'll talk to everyone soon. This has been very fun. Yeah, I've got a question for each, each of you before we take off. We were oh, talking okay. genres earlier, if that's okay. I was wondering, with your expertise, all of your expertise, is the first Terminator a horror film? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Hmm. uh, first, Terminator. I, I, yeah, it's. I, I'm someone who, who, uh, I think kind of like uh, who he was saying, I think it's kind of silly sometimes when people really argue about what genre something is, but I, I think uh, Terminator could, uh, it's definitely both science fiction and I think also horror,
4: okay,
1: because it's I, basically a monster going around killing people.
4: I yeah,
3: intended to be was that like that one and Predator were both intended to be horror films.
1: But yeah, I think Predator uh, and the Alien too. You could yeah. say I would yeah, say Predator and right. Alien even more so because they really are. You oh, know, Predator yeah. itself, it's kind of the it's a group of people and uh, as they they get alone, they they get killed by the giant monster. It's really set up as a as a horror so movie. it was like whole yeah. Alien is yeah. really just a horror movie. It just happens to be set in space. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's, that.
0: uh the horror purists don't like to agree to this, but Kevin Smith said about red state, he said, it's not a traditional horror movie, but the images are horrifying. So that's why he calls it a horror movie. And I kind of feel like the same way with straight edge Kegger, same way with Terminator, alien, all that stuff. I feel like I'd call it horror. I would.
4: Yeah.
1: I I think even, um, Harlan Ellison, who, who wrote, uh, Soldier, which then they base the whole Terminator off of I think he considered that story a horror story. So so I'm gonna go with Harlan and say yes. Yeah, yes, I was gonna is. say, yeah. Who how can how you is? argue with the writer? There you go. Trista, do you have a do you have a point of view on Terminator horror or not?
2: I mean, I, I agree I'm very loose on genre. There are a lot of things that I consider horror that um, aren't Generally classified as horror, so um, yeah, anything that scares you, I think, um, I, I would, I would consider. I, I have never thought of it before, but I, I would agree. Why, uh, Corey? How do you feel about this?
4: I was just asking, I was just asking you all <laughs> to okay. find out. You didn't have a... us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you, <laughs> like,
4: you You know something I don't know. Did they say something?
3: Did they say something? Is you know, like a documentary? That's so funny. <laughs> and then I oh, cons-
1: consider Dumbo a horror movie. <laughs> Dumbo.
3: Yeah, I was like, oh man, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the case. I consider Grease a horror movie. Maybe. Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, Every. And Greece, Greece too, is, especially. Greece is the word. Is the word that you heard? <laughs> <laughs> move, it's got me. All right. <laughs>
3: I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned this before. I, I also like a lot—not uh, a lot of rom-coms, but I like some rom-coms. But I am—I uh, do like a lot of musicals. You no, know, I might lose my horror card, but I, oh, I that's
3: okay. I love musicals too. Yeah, I so do I. I I wouldn't say I legitimately love musicals, but I do like An American in Paris and Top Hat and all, you know, Singing in the Rain. I love all the classic stuff. I love *Nichols Brothers numbers. I love Robin and the Seven Hoods. I like good, I like more numbers than I like actually sitting there watching everyone.
1: Okay.
3: I like the numbers. Those are pretty cool. All
1: right, Very good. We'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> we won't disqualify anyone tonight. This Someone out there needs to make Terminator the musical. Yes, oh,
3: dude, that'd be hilarious.
1: And then we'll we'll all come back and then we'll debate <laughs> if it's a horror. Because uh, you're if know.
3: like somebody actually had to do like the Schwarzenegger, like Austrian. <laughs> <acts laughs> oh, that would rock!
0: That would be the best. <laughs> I think that would be
3: great. Yeah, it would it be hilarious or scary? I mean, yeah. the end credit scene would just be him as the governor talking about how he. <laughs> I am so happy to make this a musical. See, that's one of my
1: guilty pleasures—is like listening to Schwarzenegger in any uh, anything. You know, yeah. Well, just like talk about a movie. Just I'll watch like Conan the Barbarian and and listen to his commentary because it's so bad. Yeah. He's like, this is Will Smith, not the rapper, but the actor. who's playing my father in this one. <laughs> it's just horrible. It's great. Yeah, I always say Troy does a great uh, uh, Arnold impression, but I hate that's it. That's it. When Conan the Musical comes out, that's what I want. I would know? put
3: money more on that than I would. <laughs> just because you, I mean, see, I mean, a dude that's just Jack with long hair and swinging a sword, like that's that just says
0: musical right there. I mean, oh yeah, up. you're
1: right, you're right. Oh, that's, King of light. that's got an
0: audience all all its own, I think. My name of all James the James things James I expected to get out of this podcast today, this was not on the list.
1: The, the singing and acre wasn't on there. <laughs> yeah. that's why we hanging up, bro? We have the thinking man's horror podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's <fine>. yeah, right <laughs> here. <just laughs> we're, we're just weird. weird stuff, the weirdest musical I went to. Um, up in Boston, every uh, Halloween they would do weird ones for Halloween, and they did Silence the Musical, and it was a Silence of the Lambs musical, and uh, they everyone played it super straight, which made it very funny. And there was a whole song all about the multiple uh, migs when he throws his semen in her face, and they did a whole a whole song about that. And it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, something to to behold. I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah, the last one they did before the pandemic, because anyone last year was the was Bat Boy, which I was upset I didn't get to see.
3: I love how you were like, I, I'm thoroughly I really apologizing. Sorry. <laughs> my apologies because <but> <laughs> uh apology to the creator of
1: such I a wrote, them a letter. Yeah, so. I wrote them a letter. So my <laughs> name, or,
3: Troy wrote a letter and then Neil wrote a letter in, on behalf of Troy.
1: Yes. Who yes indeed. That? <laughs> All right. I'm sure no one wants to watch any more of this, so we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was
1: very fun. I had a good time. Yeah. Thank Bye you guys so
0: much. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Thank That's you guys. Good. Take care. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. All right, Neil. I will see you at some point. All right. Are we le- are we leaving? Leaving? Okay. Yeah. No, he- I'm just leaving you too. You guys can talk. Okay. I'm, <laughs> s- I'm sorry, I'm so dark. I hope <laughs> it didn't look
4: that bad. Oh. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Ripley we should have listened. The tomb of Nick Cage.
2: The coming Knight! Roughly, the coming night! Roughly, they're coming night! Roughly, they're coming night!
4: Roughly! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage.